Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for November 14th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. And yesterday, I introduced you to the parable of the workers. This is actually a parable that, I, listen, I've been walking with God for 28 years, done a lot of preaching, been around a lot of preachers. I really don't hear people talk about this parable. I like it. I personally like it. I like, you know, how it displays the character of God, the heart of God. But for whatever reason, people don't talk about this parable. I'm going to talk about it. And so I shared it with you yesterday. If you missed yesterday's message, please go back and watch that. And we're going to get into it uh, again today. The title of today's message is Pearls from the Parables, Part 98. We're already 98 messages into the series. And the title is, watch this, Grace, Generosity, and God's Kingdom. Put in the chat, Grace, Generosity, and God's Kingdom. Get ready to receive the word. All right, so grace, generosity, and God's kingdom. Oh, what happened here? One second. Hmm. All right, give me a minute. I need to get this uh, right view. All right, I guess I just have to do it this way. All right, so grace, generosity, and God's kingdom. Let's talk about it because, like I put it, like many of you are already putting in, in the chat, we want to reflect the heart of God. What we want is to develop the word of God contains the character, the attributes, and the nature of God. So the more we know the word of God, the better we get to know the God of the word. And the goal should be to reflect God in this world. You ready? So before we get into the parable, there's a scripture we've been looking at all year. Psalms 126 and verse 4. And the Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. Put, put in the chat. Do it again for me. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. So we want no dry areas. Put in the chat, no dry areas for me. If there's any area of your life that has dried up, this is a season for the Lord to refresh you and restore you, renew you, revive you. Say amen to that. So let's get into this parable. Jesus is speaking. Matthew 20, verses 1 through 6. Jesus said, hey, let me tell you a story. The kingdom of God, you want to know what the kingdom of God is like? The kingdom of God is like a man who owns some land. One morning, the man went out very early to hire some people to work in his vineyard, probably 6 a.m. It's almost like I shared with you, like in Woodbridge, Virginia, there's a 7-Eleven uh, that, that I could go to back, you know, it's probably still there. Uh, I mean, people still show up where if you need day workers, you could just drive over there and be like, hey, I need two people, five people, whatever. And people would jump in your truck or they'll drive over to your location and you tell them, hey, give me an honest day's work. I'm going to give you an honest day's pay. So this guy drove out to go get some day workers. And he told them, Listen, if you give me an honest day's work, I'm going to give you an honest day's pay. And an honest day's pay in that time was one silver coin. So he sent them to the vineyard to work. He took them over to his vineyard and now they're working. About nine o'clock, the man went, he said, man, I need more workers. So he went back to the marketplace and got some, there were some people standing there that were doing nothing. So he said to them, hey, if you want to go to work, I got a feel. I'll pay you for the work if you want to go to work. And they said, yeah. So he took them to the vineyard and they joined the people that got there at six. And then they started working. Well, at 12 o'clock. He went out and got another group. 
And then they started working. And then at five o'clock, I mean, like the end of the day, he goes and sees a group of people and in the marketplace again. And he, and he says, hey, man, why are you standing here? They said, well, nobody gave us any work today. He said, well, do you want to work now? It's like, yeah, but it's like five o'clock. Yeah, it don't matter. Give me an honest day's work. I'm going to give you an honest day's pay. They said, okay, cool. And so they, they go with him and they go to the vineyard. So they show up at five o'clock. There's people that's been there since six o'clock in the morning. So at the end of the day, now it's 6 p.m. And he says to his foreman, hey, I want you to line everybody up, but line them up to where the people that came first, put them at the back of the line. The people that came last, put them at the front of the line. I want the last to be first. I want the first to be last. And I want you to pay them and I want you to pay them in front of everybody. I want everybody to see what you're going to give them. And so it was like, okay. So then as they're coming, the person, the the group that had got there at 5 p.m. and now it's 6 p.m., they only work one hour. They show up and the foreman gives them one silver coin, which is an honest day's work, honest day's pay, but they only been there for an hour. So this was like full pay for a whole day's worth of work and he gave it to them for one hour. So then the people that came at 12, he gave them one silver coin. Now the people that have been there since six o'clock in the morning are watching this. And when they saw that, man, that dude got a silver coin. We about to get paid, dude. We've been here all day. He's probably going to give us five or something. But he gave them one. And then the people that came at 9 a.m., he gave them one. Then the people that came at 6 a.m., he gave them one. And the people that came at 6 a.m., they they was, they was were not upset. I mean, they were not happy. They were upset. They said, wait a minute. Those people that were hired last, they worked for only one hour. But you paid them the same as us. And we worked all day in the, in the hot sun. But the man who owned the field said, okay, hey, friend. This is Jesus speaking. This Jesus is like, listen, I know you don't know what heaven is like. I know this earth is all jacked up. It's a fallen state. It's it's under the power of the prince of the power of the air. You know, all, all people, the Bible says in Ephesians, all of us, we were born under the influence of this world. We live like the people. We all went astray. We were all selfish. You don't have to teach a baby to say no. They all say no first. You have to teach a baby to say yes. <laughs> we're all born in this state. So he said, but heaven is different. So I got I, I to gotta tell you these stories so you could kind of understand what heaven is like. In heaven, you understand the story that I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, we, we got it. Well, so the owner of the field, obviously that's the father, says, hey, friend, I'm being fair with you. You agreed to work for one silver coin. That was our agreement, 6 a.m. You said, yes. I said, if you give me an honest day's work, I'm going to give you an honest day's pay. I'm going to give you a silver coin. And at 6 a.m., you were fine with that. Now it's 6 p.m. You know, you're not fine with that? Well, no, I'm not fine with it because you gave it, you gave the guys that showed up at 5 o'clock the same thing. You gave the guys that showed up at 12 o'clock the same thing. You gave the guys that showed up at 9 o'clock the same thing. So I'm not okay with it. So he said, the issue is not between you and me. The issue is with you and your heart. You're comparing yourself to other people. I told you, if you give me an honest day's work, I'm going to give you a silver coin. You gave me an honest day's work, I'm giving you a silver coin. He says, I can do whatever I want with my money. Don't be jealous because I'm generous. He said, no. I mean, this is my money. I mean, this is my heaven. I can do whatever I want with it. So he says, you got to know that the last is going to be first and the first is going to be last. Those who are first now are going to be last in the future. Those who are last now are going to be first in the future. And that was the end of the parable. So what does this mean for you today? There's a lot in this parable. We looked at some of it yesterday. If you missed yesterday's message, you should go back and watch it again today. All right, so this is basically part two of it. I have four things to share with you this morning. I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions. Four things. Number one, here we go. 
Generosity is in the heart of God. Put put that in the chat. Generosity is in the heart of God. If you want to operate with the heartbeat of God, you got to operate with the spirit of generosity. My pastor, my spiritual father, Apostle Tony Brazelton, taught on Sunday about the heartbeat of the kingdom, and he was talking about service. Service is part of the heartbeat of God. Generosity is part of the heartbeat of God. In this parable, Jesus teaches us that, hey, listen, if you want to understand the heart of God, the heartbeat of God, you got to understand that God is gracious and God is generous. The heartbeat of God is a, is a heartbeat that is gracious and generous. So if you want to be like God, you got to be gracious and generous. You got to learn how to be gracious and generous, how to be kind, how to be completely generous in, in all kinds of situations. When you walk with God and you're led by his Holy Spirit, you will quickly realize that the kingdom of God operates on principles of grace and generosity, and the kingdom of God often flies in the face of the human concepts of fairness. I told you yesterday that favor ain't fair. The, put, put that in the chat, favor ain't fair. The landowner in this case is God. He's reflecting the character of God. He is extravagantly generous, and he's not operating with human standards. Human standards would be human standards of fairness, right? This would be like an HR complaint today. Wait a minute. Why are you not giving me like, I've been working all this time. And so, so listen, I put in all this effort. You're not paying me. And so this should be equal pay for equal work. And, and God is like, listen, y'all could do all this fairness stuff down here in this world. Y'all could file all these complaints if you want. But when it comes to me, I'm not fair. I, 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 I lavishly bless my children and I bless them because I love them. And I bless them because of my grace and my generosity. It's not about standards of fairness. I'm not, I'm not rewarding you for, this is not payment. My payment, my blessing is not a payment. My blessing is a gift. Put in the chat, say, say God's blessing on my life is a gift. It's not payment. God is not paying me for me showing up to church on Sunday. God is not paying me for doing today's word. God is not paying me. God is not paying you for having a Sunday school attendance record. That's perfect. No, God is not paying you. God's blessing is a gift. It is not payment. Now in this world, we want payment. We want equity. We want fairness. God's saying my kingdom is not like that. And so you got to be thankful for what God does for you and, and celebrate what God has done doing for other people. If God only gave us what we deserve, we would all be men and women most miserable. Say amen to that. So this parable is challenging us to shift our perspective from what we think we deserve to the unmerited favor of God. See, religious people, got you got to be very careful. That's why I preach against being religious. Religious people think they, they deserve the blessing. Religious people think, well, I'm God. This is who I am. I do this right. I do that. I'm in the choir and I'm on the praise team and I'm an usher when I'm not singing. On those Sundays when I'm not singing, I'm an usher too. And I know how to ush. Now, and therefore, God got to bless me. Stop. God, if God blesses you, God blesses you because God is good. Stop trying to act like you're earning the blessing. And, and because if you feel like you're earning the blessing, then you're going to get mad when God blesses somebody else and you don't feel like they earned it. You don't feel like their performance measures up to your performance. And it frustrates you to no end that you feel like you're better than them and you're working harder than them. And God keeps blessing them. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, why is that happening? Because you're religious and you're judgmental and you don't have the heart of God.
The heart of God is a heart of generosity and grace. It's not a response to our efforts. This is The grace of God is a reflection of God's nature. I'm really stepping on some toes today. I really need you to open up your heart to the grace of God. Listen, you live by grace. The landowner's equal payment to all workers illustrates to us that God values participation in his kingdom, regardless of the duration of the timing. Oh, you just got saved like the thief on the cross. You got saved on your deathbed. Listen, you're still going to heaven. If you get born again, Jeffrey Dahmer, supposedly accepted his life uh, in, in prison, uh, accepted Jesus as Lord in, in prison. And if he did, then when we get to heaven, we're going to see Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh my God, Jeffrey Dahmer is going to get the same heaven as me? Yes. You know why? Because God is gracious and God is generous. And stop being judgmental and stop looking. It's not about your performance. It's about the grace of God. In the kingdom of God, the reward is not based on comparison. The reward comes by God's grace and his calling. The generosity of God is a reminder to us that in God's economy, the last is going to be first. The first is going to be last. He's saying people that are last now, don't worry. There's coming a time where they're going to be first. People that are first now, don't worry. <laughs> There's going to come a time where they're last. So just relax. I got you. You got to learn how to, how to function with the heartbeat of God. Say amen. To that. I wish I could see the chat. I can't see it because I'm on my, you know, I don't have my studio. I'm not at home, but, but I hope that you're putting some stuff in the chat, how this is being a blessing to you. Number two, the sovereignty of the call of God, right? There's a sovereignty in God's calling. The parable, in this parable, the landowner makes multiple trips. He keeps going back to the marketplace. He keeps going back to that 7-Eleven and he's trying to get people to come. He's trying to get people to come. Why? Because God wants everybody to be saved. Uh, even though he knows that most people are not going to accept the invitation, God still wants everybody to be saved. And God's call is not restricted by time. He 6 a.m., he called people. Some responded. 9 a.m., he called people. Some responded. 12 p.m., he called people. Some responded. 5 p.m., he called people. Some responded. And right now, he's calling people. Right now. So he's calling people, everyone, everywhere. And some people are responding. Some are not. Black, white, Hispanic, Asian. Male, female, rich or poor, CEO or janitor, doesn't matter. There are some people that are responding and God keeps calling. Why? Because God wants people to respond to his call. God's calling is all inclusive. God is calling everyone everywhere. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, regardless of their circumstance or situation. And it doesn't matter if they got saved when they were five years old, if they got saved five minutes before they died. If you get born again, you're going to heaven. And so, they, oh man, that really, well, you telling me I'm going to get, stop, stop. Just develop the heart of God. Be thankful that people get saved. I don't care when you get saved, just get saved. And what, let me just pause real here. This is not part of my notes. If you are born again, I'm not interested in trying to convert you to another type of flavor of being born again. If I got brothers and sisters that are Catholic, I got some that are Baptist, I got some that are Presbyterian, I got some that are Anglican, I got some that are Church of God, Church of Christ, Church of God in Christ, <laughs> right? I, I, if you're born again, let's go focus on the people that are not born again. Oh, but Brother Pena, hold on, let's 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 argue some stuff. Hold on, you know, uh, uh, you shouldn't pray. Uh, to the Virgin Mary, or you shouldn't uh, confess your sins to a, a human, or you shouldn't get baptized uh, uh, in the name of Jesus only. You got to be baptized in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You shouldn't get baptized in the name of Father, Holy Spirit. You should get baptized in the name of Jesus only. You, if you are, these people speak in tongues and these people don't. If you don't speak in tongues, you're going to hell. And blah, blah, Stop! 
Stop, man. If you're born again, listen, let's leave it alone. I, I celebrate you. I, I don't need you to come to my style of church. If you if you want to wear a three-piece suit with some, some gaiters, or if you want to wear sneakers and skinny jeans, I, I don't care. If you're born again, you're born again. Let's go talk to the people that are not born again. God is trying to get everyone everywhere to get born again, and here we are as Christians arguing over stuff that's not even important. I mean, so uh, stop it. Let's develop the heart of God that is gracious towards every body. He kept going out there getting more people. Why? Because we need to get people saved. So instead of arguing, let's go out there and get some people saved. You ready? All right. I'll get off that soapbox. All right. Number three, the challenge against envy and comparison. In the parable, the disgruntled workers, they represent a human tendency to compare ourselves and to measure ourselves. That's a human tendency. That to always be comparing you. And Paul said, listen, to compare yourselves amongst yourselves and compare yourselves with yourselves, that's not wise, right? But comparison is part of human nature. Put in the chat, comparison is part of human nature. Thankfully, we could be born again. You were born that way. You were born with the nature to compare yourself, but you can be born again. And when you're born again, you shouldn't do that. So instead of comparing ourselves with one another, we should be celebrating one another. Envy and comparison can blind us to the generosity and the grace that we have already received. Envy and comparison, when you covet what God is doing in someone else's life, it will blind you to what God has already done in your life and you will fail to be thankful for your own. There were people at six o'clock in the morning that was just looking for a job. And he says, hey, I'm gonna give you a job and I'm gonna give you a silver coin. At six o'clock in the morning, those guys were super happy when they were on their way. They was like, we got work today and I'm at the end of the day, I'm gonna have a silver coin. But because they started comparing themselves, now they have the silver coin and they're upset because somebody else got a silver coin. Why would you be upset? Why don't you just celebrate what God is doing in your life? The landowner's response to the complaining highlights the importance of understanding God's heart. Notice how the, the landowner did not change who he was because they were complaining. Oh, you're complaining? Oh, let me give you two coins. No. He was like, I'm, my agreement with you is one coin. And what you need to do, what I'm not going to do is change who I am because you're complaining. What you need to do is learn how to be content and how to celebrate your brothers and sisters. If I want to give them what I gave you, why, why aren't you happy for them? If, if I want to give them what, what I gave you and it took you 11 hours and it took them one hour, why, why aren't you celebrating that I'm a good God? I could do whatever I want. And so we need to learn how to celebrate the, the generosity of God. Let me say something about that. Walking with God is not a zero-sum game. Now, the problem is that a lot of people think zero-sum game. Let me explain. Mo I think most people understand what I'm saying when I say zero-sum game, but just in case you don't understand, let me explain. A zero-sum game speaks to those circumstances where the resources are finite. So this is it, finite. So if the resources are finite and I give, so let's say I only have 10 of something that I'm going to give out and people are competing for it. So that means that if I give one to you, me rewarding you means that other people are losing out and I only have 10 of them. So if, and if there's people competing for this, the more I give out, the more other people are going to be upset because that means that one winning means somebody else is losing. Okay, let me be clear. In God's kingdom, it's not a zero-sum game. God has enough to go around. We can all win. Put in the chat, we can all win. You winning doesn't mean that I'm losing. You winning means that you're winning. And I can be winning, and you can be winning, and we can all win because God's resources will never run out. So I can celebrate you. Me building you up doesn't mean I'm tearing myself down. 
Me celebrating you doesn't mean that I, I'm losing in any way. Put in the chat, I always win. Put in the chat, we can all win. So you got to get a revelation uh, of this understanding that, that God is good and God is gracious and God's resources will never run out. So when you get that revelation, you're free to celebrate the successes of other people. Oh, my God. I'm so glad. I'm, I celebrate you, girl. I'm so happy for you. Hey, man of God, let me tell you something, man. I, I'm happy for you, my brother. I'm excited for you. Man, what God did for you, I know he's going to do it for other people. He might even do it for me. But whatever God has for me is for me. Whatever God has for you is for you. But I'm going to celebrate you, my brother. I'm going to celebrate you like it was my own. And I know that as I celebrate you, what God has for me is going to be released for me in my own timing. And so me building you up is not tearing me down. Say amen to that. You got to overcome envy. When you overcome envy, God will replace it with a heart of gratitude. So said another way, once God changes your heart by his spirit, by his word, you won't be upset when someone else is winning. Put in the chat, I will not be upset when someone else is winning. Your trust in God will be for you and your path. What God has for me is for me. And God has for them is for them. So I don't have to be upset when someone else is winning because we can all win. Say amen. I wish I could see the chat, but man, this is good. Say amen to that. All right, number four, as I close, the reflection of God's unconditional love. This parable, the parable of the workers, and the way that the owner treated all of the workers, regardless of their working hours, is a, is a mirror of God's unconditional love for us. It's showing us that God loves everyone everywhere, and that the grace of God is freely given. It is not earned. God's love is not based on our performance. I keep telling you to decouple and detach your faith from your performance. You got to be delivered from performance-based religion. God's love is not based on our performance. God's love is not based on our length of service. Oh, I've been walking with God since I was six years old in Sunday school, and I'm 66 now. I've been walking with God for 60 years. Praise God. But the person that's been walking with God for six minutes is still going to heaven. So don't don't look down on them, right? I mean, you got you got to. It's not based on length of service. It's not based on time served. It's not based on on what you've done and all your accolades. You know, you got four plaques from six different churches. Listen, thank God for what you do, but don't do it for that. Do it because you love God. I'm not doing what I do because I'm trying to earn something. I'm just doing what I do out of my gratitude for the fact that God saved me from hell. How about that? How about I just serve God because God loves me and I love God and I serve God because this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You're not supposed to be doing what I'm so I listen. I've seen so many people say, oh, my God, you do this daily devotional thing. I'm going to do that, too. Go ahead. If you're not called to do this, <laughs> you, it's not going to last. I've been doing this for 26 years. I do it because God has called me to do it. Right. And so when you do what you're called to do, you run your race. Just run your race and celebrate other people. Other people are called to do other things. I'm not called to do everything that other people are called to do. And, and I'm, but I'm not going to judge them. Don't judge me. There's people that say to me, oh, Brother Pina, you should be pastoring right now. If you started a church tomorrow, I would show up. Some of you might say that, too. I know I'm called a pastor, and I have pastored in the past, and I will pastor again. When is that going to happen? When God does it. When God releases me. When God, when, when God moves that piece on the chessboard. You know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to feel less than my brother's. Uh, well, actually, I have, we have a church in the Dominican Republic that we oversee anyway. But what I'm not going to do is say, well, because I'm not actively pastoring right now, I'm, I'm going to be upset or less than, feel like I'm less than somebody else. I'm going to do my ministry. This is what I've called to do. What I'm doing, they're not doing. And what they're doing, I'm not doing. And we're not here to celebrate or to compare. We're here to just, I mean, not to, we are to celebrate, not to compare. I'm just here to build them up and they can build me up and we can all win. 
Put in the chat, we can all win. You got to understand the unconditional love of God. When you build that up, when you open your heart to the unconditional love of God, not only will it inspire you to run your race, but it will also position you to be a blessing to other people when they're running their race. You can celebrate them. They will celebrate you. And that's how it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be here one for another, build each other up. Let no cor corrupt communication proceed from out of your mouth, but only that which is good, Paul says, to the use of edifying that it may build each other up. We're here to minister to, to each other. We are ministering words of grace. I will never tear my brother and sister down because God is doing something for them. No, what God has for them is for them. And what God has for me is for me. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice. Man, that was a good message. I hope that you got some out of it. But let's seal the deal now with our words. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. So I boldly declare that I stand in awe of your incredible generosity and your unconditional love. I recognize that your ways are not my ways and your grace extends far beyond anything I could ever deserve. So I'm thankful for your call on my life and I accept it with humility and gratitude. And I also position my heart by your grace to be delivered from envy and comparison. I learned how to be content and I learned how to rejoice in what you're doing for other people. I commit to reflecting your unconditional love as I live out my life. I want my life to be a testament of your grace and a beacon of your hope. Living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. So do me a favor. Apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org. If you're not getting my notes, sign up, get my notes. Todaysword.org, click on it. You're going to get all my notes. Put in your email. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. Greater is coming for you. I need you to do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material. And there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.